I get the uh, great privilege of introducing our speaker. I've known him literally his whole life. <laughs> I was there the day he was born. Yeah. And uh, it's my son, Andrew. Andrew, would you come up? Give him a warm welcome. And extend your hands toward him if you would. Father, we love you and we thank you for Andrew today. We thank you that, Lord, Lord, it's your word that we're looking for, but it's coming through this vessel. And so we thank you that we look to you and we thank you that we'll never be the same because we came in contact with your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Yeah. I'm going to need the mic. There we go. <laughs> How's everybody doing today? Cool, cool, cool. Doing pretty good. A little tired, but doing good. Definitely doing good. So for those, for those of you who don't know, my, na my name's Andrew, and then I want to tell you a little bit about myself. I have been a pastor here for the past seven years. I've been working in the children's ministry, and I remember um, um, my dad actually gave me an opportunity to speak a couple years ago. Let me tell you, it was just really weird speaking in front of adults, <laughs> because honestly, the past seven years of speaking in children's ministry, you, you usually hear kids talking like... <laughs> Or some kids just randomly, I'm like, <laughs> or just something just strange, or, or, or kids just talking back at you. So it was just really weird when I was speaking, everyone was like, it was unsettling. It was really unsettling, but it's just an awesome opportunity to come speak, uh, speak this morning. And a little bit more about myself. I am, I've been married five years to the beautiful Rachel Blaukamp. I've got two kids three-year-old named Isley, and a seven-week-old, Gemma. So, and, they, and I am blessed. Is it hard sometimes? Of course. Is it uh, stressful at times? Of course. Yeah, it's, it's life, you know? But I'm still blessed. I'm still blessed. But honestly, though, these past five years have definitely been the most difficult, most rewarding times of my life, where... I had to I had to grow so much during during that time, and with and with a wife with a wife and two kids to take care of, one thing that has been one thing that has been um, that has been under attack over the past five years has been peace, and not just my peace, but the peace but the peace over over Rachel, but the peace over Isley, and the peace over Gemma. Um, and that's what we're going to be talking. That's what we're going to be talking talking about today. If you're taking notes, the title of this message is called "The Fight for Peace." Because, uh, because honestly, especially in this world today, you turn on the news, you look at Facebook, it's it's chaos pretty much. And that's what. And honestly, that's what the news wants you to feel. They want you to feel fear or nervous or anxious just because it's like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? I need to know, I need to know, so I need to turn on the news, I need to check Facebook, update, 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 swipe up, swipe up. <laughs> but that's where the devil wants us to be. Now, it says in 1 Peter 5, 7 through 8, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So we need to cast it all on God. Cast everything, all our anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares about you. You know, God is, 
God cares about you the most. That's crazy to think about. I look at, I look at, I look at Isley, I look at Gemma, and I'm like, there is no one, there is no one on this earth who's going to love those girls like I do, except God. And that's crazy to think about. And that's how much God cares about, God cares about you. Think of, the mo- think of the one person that loves you the most and God loves you more. But we need to cast all our anxiety on God. But, it, you know, the verse doesn't stop there, though. I, I recognize this, like, in the next verse here. Be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. See, the devil's waiting. The devil is waiting for you to give in to temptation. And sometimes we, we think of temptation as like a, like a porn addiction or giving it to anger. We don't, really think, uh, we don't really think of anxiety or stress or fear as, uh, as a temptation. Sometimes we mask it and, and say, oh, I'm, I just care about you. Sometimes we mask anxiety saying, oh, I just care about you too much, okay? When, when in reality, we're worried so much. We're worried so much that it just paralyzes us. And when it paralyzes us, the devil, the devil is just waiting for us to be vulnerable and then pounce. How many of you are hunters? See, how many of you have ever hunted on a, on a tree stand? Just waiting. You're waiting. You know, you're, hi- you're hiding. You're hiding and waiting for that deer to come into view. Then the deer just, you know, you know, uh, feeds on the grass a little, feeds on the grass a little bit. Then you cock the gun, and then the deer, like, head puts up, puts up, and just looks around, like, what the crap's going on? What's going on here? And then, bam! You know, hopefully you hit it. Hopefully. <laughs> but the devil's kind of like that, waiting, just wait, waiting for you to give in to fear, to give in to anxiety, to give in to temptation, and then he's got you. Doesn't mean that you can't get out, but, just, but that just means that, that, you gave in, that you gave in to the temptation of anxiety, of fear, of just worry. Here's something, what, here's something that Jesus talked about. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of you guys have already heard this, but you know, I've been, like, like my dad said, I, I've been a pastor's kid for all my life. I've heard all the Bible stories. I've heard, like, I've heard all the parables. I've heard Old Testament to New. I've read, I read the Bible frontwards and backwards. I know everything, but that doesn't mean that God can't still speak to you because of it. You know, I've been a, you know, I remember a couple, I remember a couple years ago where some, uh, some of the kids came up to me. And says, you know, we've heard the, we've heard these stories, Pastor Andrew, so much. Teach us something new, you know. Now, and on the one hand, it's awesome that they want to learn. It's awesome they want to be challenged. But at the same time, it's so. At the same time, the uh, the kids think, oh, I've heard this story. I know what happens. Yeah, we know what happens, but God can still speak to you on what is familiar, because. You know, I've re- whether whether it is about um, something you haven't even seen in the Bible, or it's relevant to your situation now. Because I could I can tell you, I've I've read a couple I've read a couple verses where 
I've read a couple of verses where it's like, it didn't really apply to me before I was married, but now it really applies to me when I was, when I'm married. It didn't really, some verses where it didn't really apply to me when I wasn't a father, but now it really applies to me when I am a father now, you know? So let's go into this verse. Matthew 6, starting in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body. What you will wear is not is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying as at, at a single hour to your life? How many of you got um, Planet Fitness memberships? A couple. That's okay. <laughs> now, so, and I'm sure all of us ran on a tre- uh, ran on a treadmill before, whether to work out or whether whatever re- other reason you would have. So, but when you when you run on a treadmill, you know, you can run as fast as you can. You can work up a sweat, but you're not going anywhere. You're just staying in one place. You could be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm going so fast, going so fast. But, but, you're not, but you're just not going anywhere. In the same way, we can, you know, uh, another thing about worry is worrying can make us feel like we're doing something. Worrying can make us feel like we're being productive. It's like, oh, I care about this so much. That means that I'm invested. No, that just means you're not trusting in God. Because when we worry, we're not going anywhere. I know for me, I've had paralyzing fear before. That paralyzing fear where you feel like you have to throw up, where you feel, where you feel like you just can't move, that, you just, you're, that you're just stick, stuck in one place, that you don't really know where the money is going to come from. You don't really know um, what to say in a certain situation. Where it's like you just, your brain just shuts down and you don't know what to do anymore. That's, that's worry. It feels like work, but you're not going anywhere. So what do we do? It's because uh, it's, it's not enough to say, hey, don't worry about it. It's, it's like, yeah, well, what do I else, what else do I do then? It's like, um, it's like, you know, you can't really say to someone, it's like, hey, what should I do to stop worrying? Stop worrying. Okay. <laughs> what do I, what else? Here's the answer. Uh, we're skipping to verse 31 in Matthew 25. So do not worry, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What does Jesus say? Seek first the kingdom. Because God is a God of peace. He's not a God of chaos. He's not a God of uncertainty. Is this life uncertain? Yes, of course it is. 
But you know what, God, what Jesus says? Do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You got to work. See, do not worry about today or tomorrow, but you got to focus on today. How many of you ever had like um, impossible scenarios play through your head before? Where you're like, oh, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. Oh my gosh, what if this happens? What if this happens? And you're just working yourself up for nothing. And all you're doing is just expending your energy, and that's it. There's no fruit coming out of that. But it says, seek first the kingdom of God. We need to run to God. We don't, because... I know for me, I want to fix things. I want to do things by myself. I want, I'm the man of the household. I'm the breadwinner. I want to make sure I take care of my family. I want to make sure I take care of myself. Here's the thing. I'm not the provider. God is. God did not, you didn't, see, God provided the job you have. God provided the life you have. God is our provider. Even when life is uncertain, even when the future seems Scary. John 16, 33, it says, you will have trouble in, in this world. How many of you have ever had trouble in this world? <laughs> Everyone has had trouble in this world, whether caused, whether it's because it's your fault or someone else's fault. So, but we've all had trouble in this world. Jesus says, take heart, for I have conquered the world. See, we're following the God who's, who's, who made the world, who conquered the world. Why should we worry? Bear in mind, I'm speaking to myself too. Why should I worry? Why should any of us worry? Since God is in control of everything. Now it says in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, this is one of my favorite verses right now. Do not be anxious about anything, not about some things, most things, anything. But in everything, in any situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We need to, when, when we have peace, we're more thankful for what God has done for us. When we worry, when we're anxious, we we. We th more think about what we don't have. Or, or we get into the dangerous game of comparing. Oh, that. My neighbor has a bigger, bigger house than mine. Hmm. Oh, that. My neighbor has a. My neighbor has a better car than mine. This may sound, this may sound a little. May sound, this may sound a little uh, weird, but at the same time, it, this happens, though. Oh, that neighbor has a prettier wife than mine. Because some, guy, some guys have had those thoughts. And, it's, and, he, and, I, and I just want to clarify. Just because you had those thoughts, that doesn't mean you sinned. It's just, because, it's just when you focus on those thoughts. It's just, it's just when you meditate on those thoughts. What are, you, what are you meditating on? What are you thinking on? Are you thinking on godly things or on, or on worldly things? 
because I didn't, I don't have the I don't have the verse uh, I don't have the verses after this, but um, in the verses after Philippians four six through seven it talks about whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is noble, think about those things, meditate on those things. I'm not perfect at that. None of us are per- none of us are perfect at that. But we've got to strive for that, or we are going to compare, and it's going to destroy our lives. It's going to destroy our families. Because here's because here's another thing that I've learned over the past five years: the things that affect me affect my family. Numerous times, my wife, I feel like numerous times I feel like that I'm just finding this struggle by myself, but it's not affecting my family. But then my wife just keeps kept telling me, whatever you're going through, we're being affected by it. It's not, my, my wife wasn't saying like, get your life together, you know. He, she did it out of concern. Just because, here, because here, just some things that I've learned over the past five years is just like, I'm the head of the household. Whatever affects me affects them. So I need to make sure that I am solid in my faith, that I am solid in my stance with God. And am I like that every day? Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. I am definitely not perfect. But I serve a God who is. And here's the awesome thing. In verse 7, Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So, we present our requests to God. So, Paul is saying, hey, don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, you got to be thankful. you got to be thankful. In order to have peace, you got to be thankful for what God has done for you because it reminds you that God is a God of promises that God will not break any promise that he has kept, that God is faithful, that God is going to protect you, that God is going to provide for you, that God, that God is going to care for you. That's why it says, cast, your all, cast all your anxiety on him, for he cares for you. We got to be thankful. And then we present a request to God. And here's the thing. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So God answers the prayer with peace. Doesn't say, and then he's going to answer all of your prayers. No, he says, and then God's going to provide peace in the situation. It doesn't mean that God is not going to answer the prayer. Definitely not. God answers prayer. But I know there's some of you where you've, you, where You've prayed for something and it happened the next day or it happened the next week or it happened the next month or it happened the next year or it happened the next 10 years or it's still or you're still praying for it. How many of you ever how many of you have uh, prayers that haven't been answered yet? Yeah. So what so what do we do during the waiting time? What do we, keep praying? Definitely keep praying. And receiving the peace of God that transcends all understanding. We don't really understand it. 
Because in our minds, we're like, God, why haven't you answered the prayer yet? I prayed. I've done all this stuff. Why aren't you answering the prayer? But God answers with peace, saying, I'm going to take care of it. Because like I said before, as God, I, I know for me, I, just, I, want to, I want to take all the responsibility. I want to fix it because I'm the man of the house and I want to fix things. And sometimes my wife is not appreciative of that. So, just listen to me, but I want to fix things. <laughs> oh, that's frustrating sometimes. <laughs> and then there's some, then there are some times when it's like she does the thing that I was trying to tell her. And then I'm like, good for you, honey. Good for you. So. <laughs> But it's the peace of God, you know? We just don't, and sometimes we don't really understand it because the prayer isn't answered you know, yet. But we know that God has done amazing things in the past. We've, we've read it. We've read it so many times in the Bible. Numerous examples of people praying and praying and praying and praying. And and after decades, the prayer is answered. And what, what do we do in the waiting time? We have peace. We don't worry. Because if we worry, we're basically saying to God, hey, God, you're not going fast enough. I don't trust you. You know? Who are we to question God, though? See, God knows way more than we can ever possibly imagine. God... God, we only know the present, you know? We only know the present and the past. We don't know the future. God, God is a God of the past, present, and future. He sees it all. He's a, he sees it all laid out for us. So out of everyone, he, God should be the one that we trust the most. Because when we... because. We receive the peace of God. We don't really understand why we have peace, but we have the peace because we know that God's going to take care of us and I'll guard our minds and hearts in Christ Jesus. I was wondering about that, just about like, what does it mean like peace and the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus? Well, back to the verse where we, back to the first verse that we talked about. Be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You see, peace protects us. Sometimes we think, oh, peace, uh, that's, not, that's not that important. It is vitally important. It's the third fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. You know, all of them are important, but I'm just, I'm just saying, though. It's like, if it's number three, it's, it ought to be pretty important. Because it guards our hearts and minds from the attacks of the enemy. Because... I know for me, when I worry, when I get stressed out, I can't think straight. Only when, I, only when I just sit, breathe, and just give it to God, then I can think more clearly. You know, God wants, just God wants us to be victorious in this life, and we can't be victorious without peace. Even in the middle of the storm. See, it, Jesus was asleep. While there was a storm, and while the disciples were just like, oh my gosh, we're going to die here. And then Jesus was asleep. 
And then the disciples were just running down and just like, Jesus, Jesus, wake up. We're going to die. Do you not realize this? Jesus is like, fine. I'm just going to come up. Peace be still. No, no, he didn't really do that. He didn't really do that. But, it, but it's like, how many of you ever woken up, someone else woke you up from a nap? You're like, I was having a good dream. Come on, man. Have more peace, bro. You know, so. <laughs> but it's like, Jesus, Jesus was asleep because one of, the, one of the reasons, honestly, was just because he had perfect peace knowing that God was going to protect him, that God was going to take care of him. Even... We need to have peace in every situation, especially in the middle of a storm, especially in a terrible situation, because you cannot prepare for the unexpected. You now, let me just rephrase that. You can be prepared, but, just, but no matter how prepared you are, there are just some things that just hit you up the side of the head. And it's our job in how we react to it. How do you react to it? Do you react out of worry and stress like, oh my gosh, the car battery just died. I don't have any jumper cables or anything. What am I going to do? Whether, it, whether, it, whether it's something with a car or even a death in the family, what do we do in that, in that situation? Peace. Do not worry about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Philippians 4, 12 to 13. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Or how I learned it over the years, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, now I've read that verse numerous times before. Philippians 4, 13. It's one of the main verses that te they teach you in Sunday, Bi in, in Sunday Bible school when I was a kid. You know, it's one of the, it's, you know, it's like John 3.16 is the number one verse that you learn. And, and Philippians 4.13 is definitely up there in the top 10. Top 10 uh, most popular verses. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And there's, there are some people who take that out of context a little bit. Because in the verse before, in Philippians 4, 12, it says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. You see, when Paul was saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, it means I can be content. I can live in peace. Like, like I was saying before, with comparing to other people. Because when we're, when we're stressed and worried, we can easily compare to what other people and think they have it better off than we do. When in reality, those other people that we're compared to have, this, have, a good amount of, have a good amount of crap that we don't know about. Being content with what you have, being thankful what you have, that's the secret. Because after because you look at Paul's life after he turned to Jesus. It wasn't all roses and daisies and skipping in fields of skipping in fields of flowers and rainbows and all that stuff. He he knew what he was getting himself into. Paul, 
Now, his, his name before that was Saul. He was persecuting Christians left and right. He, and when he turned to Jesus, he knew what he was getting himself into. He was persecuting Christians. Now he became a Christian, so he knew he was going to get persecuted. He was thrown in jail. He was whipped. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. And yet he said, I have found the secret of being content in any situation. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Because some of you may be saying, I can't really have peace right now. You can't. You can't do anything without Jesus. I can't do anything without Jesus. Sometimes we'd be like, well, I'm going to fix everything. I'm going to fix my wife. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix that. It, <laughs> from your laughs, I know that's not the case. So, <laughs> been there, done that. Here's the thing. It's our job to love. It's our job to love and protect. And there's just something, there and we do these things not because we're so strong, it's because God's so strong. We do not do this out of our own strength. If we do, we fail. We, do th we have peace in our home. We take back peace in our home because Jesus, because of Jesus. We take back peace in our home because of the strength that Jesus gives us. Because we cannot do this on our own. If we do, we're just like... We'll be, in that, we'll be in a situation in 1 Peter 4, 8. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. If we do things in our own strength, we're just going, we're just going to be a deer. We're just going to be a deer just looking around. Then, the devil's going to, then we're going to be in the devil's sights. Waiting, and, we're just, and we're just going to be waiting, waiting, and then the devil's just going to take us out. Because we try to do things on our own too much at times. When, in, when we need to just, rather than just stand up and try to fight, we got to just fall on our knees and worship. Fall on our knees and just pray and cry out to God saying, God, I need you more than ever. I'm going to close with this. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There are, there, is a, there are a bunch of things that we try to carry on our own shoulders that we're not meant to carry. Sometime, in that, and that may look like that we're responsible you know, like, oh, I'm worrying about this, but I, I need to worry about this because I'm the head of the household. You know, I got to worry about my wife. I got to worry about my kids. I got to worry about the, I got to worry about uh, the income. I got to worry about the cars. I got to worry about the house. No, you don't. Doesn't mean that you're lazy, just totally apathetic. You can't go, can't go from worrying all the time to just being apathetic. There's that, hap there's that happy middle where you need to work at you, you need to work with all your heart but rest with all your heart too you know god gave us the sabbath 
God gave us the Sabbath not, to, uh, not for God, but for us, because we need to rest. Because there are sometimes we just work, 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 whether it is at, whether it is at your job or at home. We're, we just got to work, 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 where we just forget to sit still and receive what God has for you. Because sometimes we just, we just take in the burdens, the cares of this world, and we just pile it on and pile it on and pile it on. And it just, we just can't live life anymore. Because life, because the burden's too heavy. But here's the awesome thing. God is saying, hey, give me your burdens and I'll give you mine because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I, cha- and I challenge you guys, if there's, any, is there, if there's any of you here who have burdens, worries, cares, anxiety, you're not alone. You're definitely, you're definitely not alone. It's definitely a battle, but a battle worth fight, fighting for. And the, and the awesome thing is that God has already won the battle. We need to fight for peace, but when we take up our sword and go into battle, God is on our side and we have victory. The situations that you're in may not change right away. It may not change for a while, but that doesn't mean, but, but you can still change. You can still change how you respond to that situation. And you can respond to that in peace. Let's pray. God, reveal to us what we're anxious about, what we're stressing about, what we're worrying about. Lord, reveal to us the lie from the enemy that it's just that we care too much. Or it's just that, oh, I'm, I'm a parent, or I'm, a, I'm this, or I'm that. And so I need to worry about this, you know. We reveal that lie, and we cast out that lie in Jesus' name. Lord, and we just call, down, call your peace over us. That it will change our households, that it will change our lives, that it will change the people around us by how, we, by how we act. Help us, help us to respond in peace in every situation that we are in. We thank you, Lord, that you always provide for us. We thank you, Lord, that you always protect us. And we thank you, Lord, that you always take care of us. In Jesus' name, amen.